At Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, our mission is simple, to understand, prevent, and cure cancer. We proudly present another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk. Here's Bill Klaproth. Borderline tumors of the ovary, also called low malignant potential ovarian tumors, are uncommon and an unfamiliar diagnosis. Here to talk with us about the prognosis for borderline ovarian tumors is Dr. Peter Frederick, Associate Professor of Oncology at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Dr. Frederick, thank you so much for your time today. So let's start at the beginning. What is a borderline ovarian tumor? Okay, so borderline tumors of the ovary are a group of um, tumors that are kind of intermediate between a benign cyst of the ovary and an actual ovarian cancer. So there are some features that uh, are identified under the microscope uh, that show abnormal or atypical proliferation of the cells, but there's no invasion of the cells um, that would... That would um, meet the the strict definition of a carcinoma. So a lot of times these tumors will present in women uh, as pelvic masses. And how are these tumors found? Sometimes they can be identified at the time of a regular exam if a healthcare practitioner identifies a pelvic mass um, on an exam. Sometimes they can cause symptoms and, and a patient will bring that to her, her uh, healthcare provider's attention. Would a typical symptom be pain in the abdomen? Yeah, that's, that's a common presenting symptom. Sometimes it can cause pelvic pain. Uh, sometimes it can cause abdominal bloating or, or GI issues. Sometimes it can be urinary complaints, uh, either pressure or urinary frequency. Sometimes patients will note changes in appetite um, or discomfort with intercourse. So a lot of these symptoms are pretty nonspecific, um, which one of us hasn't had indigestion at some point or the other, but if, if these symptoms are severe or if they're persistent over a number of weeks, uh, then that's something that we would encourage our patients to communicate to their providers. So Dr. Frederick, who is at risk for borderline ovarian tumors? Does heredity play any role in this? That's a very good question, and, and we're still learning about some of the risk factors for this. Uh, as you noted, this is a pretty rare um, tumor, and unlike ovarian cancer, where we have the you know the BRCA uh, genetic mutation, which has clearly been identified as, as a genetic predisposition, uh, the genetics of uh, borderline tumors are a little bit less well understood. Uh, we know probably as you know age is is one risk factor. We we would rarely see these these tumors in in young women in their their teens and early 20s, um, but we do see it at a younger age generally than, uh, than women with um, ovarian cancer. There's some epidemiological studies or evidence that, uh, that tie uh, borderline tumors to the use of hormone therapy and, and infertility treatments, but this data is far from definitive. Uh, some studies have suggested a link, while other studies have not shown that link. So uh, the jury's still out on that one. And how are these tumors diagnosed if they're found? So when there is a suspicion for a pelvic mass, uh, a lot of times imaging tests will be the, the first step uh, to clearly identify 
define the mass. So a pelvic ultrasound or sonogram uh, will give us good information. How big is the mass and what does the mass look like? And um, if if the ultrasound um, is concerning for, for a large mass or has features concerning for a neoplasm, uh, then surgery gives us the definitive diagnosis. So depending on the size of the mass, uh, a surgeon might elect to start with a minimally invasive surgery, uh, usually laparoscopy or robotic surgery. If it's a, a larger mass, sometimes a bigger incision is required. And at the time of surgery, that mass is removed. It's sent to the pathologist to look at under the microscope, and the pathologist will give us the definitive diagnosis uh, is it a borderline tumor? Is it cancer? Is it a benign cyst? Or is it something else altogether? So is surgery and complete removal the only option for treatment? Surgery is definitely the mainstay. Um, and because about one-third of these are diagnosed in women under the age of 40, there are often fertility concerns and, and concerns about premature menopause uh, that can stem from surgery. So you, you did say complete removal. Sometimes we can do what's called an ovarian cystectomy where we, we remove a portion of the ovary, the abnormal appearing portion, and, and maintain that ovarian function by leaving the, the normal part of the ovary behind. And because these borderline tumors have such an excellent prognosis, um, that is something that we're, we're more able to do with borderline tumors than we would with an actual ovarian cancer where complete removal is, is recommended. And then do you ever consider removing the ovary or the uterus as well? Yeah, and again, that, that really goes back to, you know, the age of the patient at diagnosis. So if you have a postmenopausal woman where fertility and, and uh, hormonal production is not as much of a concern, we would generally remove both ovaries and fallopian tubes as well as the uterus um, because sometimes, you know, a frozen section diagnosis at the time of surgery, especially with a larger mass, can have a small degree of inaccuracy, and by removing all of that uh, tissue all at once, uh, you might spare the patient the need for a second surgery down the road if in the unlikely event that cancer is identified. But if you have a younger woman, you know, younger than the age of 40, for example, we would often leave that other ovary and the uterus behind. Right. So if it is determined to be cancer, does treatment then include chemo and radiation after the surgery to remove the pelvic mass? Yeah, radiation is less commonly used for ovarian cancers, but chemotherapy is often a mainstay of treatment. And the need for chemotherapy is, is often related to, to the stage of the cancer. Um, in other words, how much has the cancer spread? So if we have an ovarian cancer that is confined to the ovary and has not spread anywhere else in the pelvis or abdomen, um, in some cases, uh, observation without chemotherapy can be done safely. If there is um, evidence that the cancer has spread outside of the ovary, then the risk of the cancer progressing or coming back in the future is higher, and chemotherapy is often recommended to reduce the risk of recurrence. And Dr. Frederick, what about the prognosis for someone diagnosed with borderline ovarian tumors? So the prognosis for, for the vast majority of borderline ovarian tumors is excellent. So we, we measure prognosis in terms of five-year survival, um, how many patients are alive five years after they're diagnosed with this, and 10-year survival. So with 
a stage one borderline ovarian tumor, the five and 10 year survival is, is around 99%. And the majority of borderline tumors, about 70% of them are stage one, meaning they're confined to the ovary and haven't spread anywhere else. But even if you go up to stage three and stage four borderline ovarian tumors, the survival is still, you know, in the range of, you know, 60 to 80%. So um, it's, an, it's an excellent prognosis. Some of these can come back in the future and, and, will, and will recur as borderline tumors again. And in very rare instances, we will see a recurrence um, come back as cancer. So that is something that, you know, that's why the survival statistics aren't 100%. Um, and, and there are, you know, some subtle differences between borderline ovarian tumors. Some of them have more aggressive uh, features that uh, might merit additional tr uh, treatment. But overall, those numbers are encouraging. And Dr. Frederick, is there anything else that we should talk about today or know about borderline tumors? Well, I think if I were to tell a patient one one thing, one message, it's that those symptoms that we talked about before, the bloating, the pelvic pain, the pressure, these are things that, um, you know, tragically, some of my patients have describe these symptoms and have, have had them for a long time. And, uh, you know, some, sometimes ovarian cancer has been called the silent killer, um, but sometimes these symptoms are there. And so don't ignore those symptoms if you have them. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to bring them to, to your uh, healthcare provider's attention. Well, that's great advice. Dr. Frederick, thank you again for your time today. For more information, visit roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. You're listening to Cancer Talk with Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.